millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction. And free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. It's How Do We Fix It with Richard and Jim. Bouncing back from political despair. Eric Liu. How do we fix it? How do we fix it? Before we get going here, Jim, we're relaunching our newsletter. Our what? <laughs> you mean you don't read it already? Well, hasn't it been on kind of a hiatus? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, no more. The Fixer is back. And if you're on our email list, you'll be getting yours this week. That's a promise. And you can find out more about our solutions community and get involved. Go to our website. Go, to our w- go ahead. You can say it. No, you do it. Go to our website, howdowefixit.me. That's howdowefixit.me. So, Richard, it seems like everybody is mad at everybody else. They're mad at Trump. Republicans are mad at the media and, and mad at their own you know, representatives in Congress. The tide of negativity is like nothing I've seen. Yeah, and overall, the country's trust in democratic institutions is right around an all-time low. And what's interesting to me is that two-thirds of Americans say they're dissatisfied with how things are going in this country compared with just 28% who say they're pretty happy. And that that number has been virtually unchanged for the past 10 years. So a country that used to be known for its optimism and faith in the future is now turned into a country of complainers and pessimists. And it goes to show that if we think this is a brand new thing, it's actually been going on for for quite a few years. But the whole point of how do we fix it is looking for solutions, bridging those divides. And so you and I have been talking a lot about some of the shows that have resonated with us that – really offered something fresh, something that bridges that kind of angry partisanship. Eric Liu is our guest, and we're re-airing some of what he said. Eric is the founder and CEO of Citizen University, which promotes and teaches the art of powerful citizenship. His recent book is You're More Powerful Than You Think, A Citizen's Guide to Making Change Happen. Yeah, I just found this conversation really interesting and surprising. It seems like this is a good moment to take another look at it, and I have some and I'm sure you do too, some sort of fresh ideas about how it applies right now. Instead of complaining about what's wrong, Eric is fired up about how to make things right. So you write that too many people are illiterate in power, illiterate about who has power, who doesn't have power, how power is exercised. Why is that so important? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, when I talk about literacy and power, I mean it almost literally. Power is something that you can and must learn to read, 
and can and must learn to write. To be able to read power means taking any situation. It can be uh, your neighborhood in your community. It can be national politics. It can be something going on in the economy. And understanding what are the different conduits of power here, institutions, regulations, organizations, people, networks that are in play. What are the forms of power, whether it's money power or people power, ideas power, that, that, that's kind of coursing through those conduits. You've got to be able to read that. But once you learn how to read that, then you've got to put yourself in the situation of, well, what if I were to redesign that? What if I were to, were to rearrange that power structure? And that means you've got to learn to write power. And I think the reality of American life right now is that uh, so many people have neither the motivation nor the ability to read or write power. Uh, and so they lapse into this essentially house of cards dark conspiratorial vision that all politics is like scandal. You know, out of that uh, are born people like Donald Trump as president. When you have a, you know, a, a vague cartoonish and dark vision of what politics is, rather than any sense that this is something I got to learn how to do. You talk about what you call creeping public fatalism in the book, but then you go on to say that your book is for, quote, underdogs and challengers. What I found really interesting is you find a lot of good examples really across the political spectrum. Yeah, and I think that's the real message here is that politics isn't just for the professionals. This is for you and me living in our neighborhoods, living in our communities and thinking, who decided that? And then come and realize, well, there's really not that high an obstacle between me and how that decision got made. And I'm going to figure out how I'm going to get my hands on that. And the sense that we're in an age right now where everyday people are finding they have so much more capacity to change so much of what people thought was possible in civic life. And there's, a, there's just an awakening going on right now. Exactly. You wrote in Atlantic recently, there are two ways to look at the effect of Donald Trump's presidency on American democracy. One is that he's a menace to the republic, that his attacks on journalists, federal judges, and constitutional norms undermine the rule of law. But the other is that Donald Trump is the greatest thing to happen to America's civic and political ecosystem in decades. Are, are both true? Both are true. They, they, those are not mutually exclusive. Uh, it, it is precisely because of the menace that uh, this president and some of his top staff pose to democratic norms and institutions that lots and lots of Americans, not just on the left, all across the spectrum, are sitting up, getting up, waking up, uh, and showing up. When you get sick, the immune system responds, right? Thank God right now the immune system is responding. People are swarming like antibodies the way they swarm to the airports, the way they swarm to train stations after the executive order on immigration refugees was issued. Um, and people are swarming to marches and they're swarming to organizations and, and clubs in a way that uh, wasn't the case 12, well, the, 15 months uh, ago. Uh, uh, the conservative blogger Glenn Reynolds, who a law professor who we've had on the show, he likes to say that the great thing about having a republic in the White House is also that the press – starts taking notice of things like executive overreach <laughs> and domestic spying yeah. and issues like that that don't seem to hold as much fascination for them when there's a Democrat in the White House. Uh, you know, that's a very fair criticism. I've said, you know, uh, just personally, um, I, I was not sufficiently troubled by the prior president's use of executive authority when it served progressive ends or ends that I favored, right? So, Eric, you say that power concentrates and it self-justifies. What do you mean by that, and what do we do about it? Well, um, in, in this book, uh, I talk about three laws of power. So you name two of them. Number one, power concentrates. It compounds, right? It compounds into these winner-take-all monopoly kinds of situations. 
just like the board game Monopoly, right? Eventually, one guy has Park Place and all the hotels and everybody else is screwed, right? Or, or Trump Tower. Or yeah. Trump Tower. <laughs> choose, choose, choose your piece of real estate, right? Um, law number two is that power justifies itself, right? It tells stories about why it should have power. And that story can take the form of ideology, propaganda, narrative, conventional wisdom, trickle-down economics, whatever the form it takes. Um, it's a just-so story about here's why I've got power and you don't, right? If the world stopped at just those two laws, we would be stuck in a doom loop. Mm -hmm. That doom loop is broken only by law number three, which is that power is infinite. And I really want you to sit with that. And that's the hardest one for that's people to grasp. That's the hardest one for people to, well, grasp maybe, but accept, mm -hmm. right? In, in civic life, you can generate power out of thin air simply by organizing. And in civics, it's a positive sum system, right? If you learn how to give a speech, if you learn how to organize people, if you learn how to pressure lawmakers, you don't diminish by one whit my ability to give a speech or organize neighbors or pressure lawmakers. All you've done is added to the net amount of power that's coursing through this ecosystem. I don't pretend or even remotely assert that all people are equally powerful. We're not. But the fact that we are often stuck in these doom loops where power concentrates into monopolies and those monopolies justify themselves says that the only way we bust those monopolies is say, you know what, what if the three of us decided to challenge that monopoly? How are some ways that people give away their power? So in the first place, I describe power as a gift. You have power that you are continuously, often unwittingly, throwing away and giving away. So one of the most concrete examples is the vote. When people say, oh, I'm not going to vote because the, the system's rigged or I hate my choices, um, what I say back is there's no such thing as not voting. Not voting is voting. It is voting to hand your power actively over to someone else whose interests are going to be harmful to your own. It is actively giving away your power to someone who wants to use it against you. And so why not choose, in fact, to do the affirmative act and claim your voice, not under any pretense that it's going to solve everything, but under the notion that it's part of your piece of responsibility. Eric Liu is our guest. You're More Powerful Than You Think is his book. Coming up, what the left can learn from the Tea Party, making politics sexy, and how to get out of the doom loop. It's How Do We Fix It? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And Eric, during your TED Talks, you discuss the idea of making civics sexy. What do you mean? <laughs> you know, I think to a lot of folks, civics, certainly politics generally, 
feels like a, a duty one must actually fulfill. It feels like eat your vegetables. Um, that's certainly true for the younger generation. And instead of eat your vegetables, I want this stuff to be join the club, join the party, join the activity in a way that makes it feel joyful, participatory, fun, and purpose-driven, that it feeds some sense of this is what I'm about, and I'm willing to do the slog of uh, engaging in civic life and civic power, um, not because I love stuffing envelopes or knocking on doors, but because it feeds my sense of purpose and dignity to be part of something bigger than myself. What are some of the things that get people you know, out of their chairs and away from their TVs to go get involved in politics? So one of the core strategies that I talk about is, is changing the story, Right. If power justifies itself and tells you a story of why you're screwed and why you should accept being screwed, changing the story means that every one of us moves in this overlapping set of three stories, a story of self, a story of us, and a story of now, right? What moves people is when you can line up those three stories and say, your story of self is tied up with this bigger story of us. How do you want to define us? It could be us workers. It could be us people of this racial group. It could be us, people of this region. However you want to define us, you're creating a bigger us that that self is going to situate itself in. But then you couple it with the story of now and why this is the moment where we together have to act, right? Every political movement, every successful political campaign lines up and threads those three stories. Um, And that speaks to the yearning that all of us as humans have for purpose, for meaning. We want to be the hero of our own story. We, we don't want to be the, the guy wandering and meandering uh, aimlessly. We want to feel like this journey has a destination and I'm driving, right? And so if someone offers me a chance to be part of that kind of story, I'm going to sign on. And proof positive of that is Donald Trump. He offered that story to lots of people and lots of people bought it. As did Obama. As did Obama eight yeah. years earlier. Do you think there's too much focus on what the federal government is doing and not enough on your local town and city? Your second part of your question answers the first part, actually. Um, Yes, I do think we focus too much on national federal politics, uh, and that's the most dysfunctional part of our political system. Uh, If you're interested in solutions, go local. If you're interested in civic innovation, go local, right? There is all kinds of renewal and creativity happening on the ground in red communities, blue communities, purple communities. In the state of Missouri, there's an organization called uh, Communities Creating Opportunity, uh, which is a network of faith leaders from across race and party lines. And they've been working over the last few months on a campaign they call the Moral Economy Campaign. And that's pushing back against these payday lenders in Missouri and Kansas that have been able not only to rig the game of predatory lending to the poor, but have been able to do so with the aid and abetment of their legislatures, right? And and these are sometimes lenders that charge 1,500%. The legal limit for a payday loan in the state of Missouri is 1,950%. I mean, at that point, why set a limit, right? Why not call the limit infinity? Uh, (laughs) Because once you start taking out a $500 payday loan that compounds and compounds into a five-figure debt, um, it may as well be a 500-figure debt. Well, CCO has been leading this campaign from the ground up with clergy, with activists, with neighbors, with people who believe, whether from a social justice left point of view or from a religious right point of view, that this is just unjust. Have they succeeded yet? No, not yet. But to me, they are recognizing that whatever Congress is or isn't going to do, they have an opportunity to go local and fix this thing at the level of Kansas City, fix this thing at the level of the Missouri legislature. 
for the second time on the show, we're going to mention Matt Kibbe. <laughs> Matt Kibbe of the Tea Party, yes. I think the Tea Party Patriots, came up in a conversation we had with Joan Blades of Living Room Conversations. She of the left, he of the right, and they got together and, and talked about important matters and actually found some common ground. What did you learn from the Tea Party and from Matt Kibbe? So Matt is, um, he was one of the early Tea Party leaders. He led uh, the organization Freedom Works. Uh, and I've learned a ton from working with Matt. Um, on many political issues, take health care, we have very different divergent policy preferences. But prior to that, we have a fundamental shared view that this is an age of bottom-up citizen power, and this is an age of a la carte politics, where especially younger people are saying, you know what, I don't like this duopoly. You know what, I don't like this forced menu. Um, I'm going to take a little bit from here, a little bit from there. I'm going to build my own, right? And we both recognize that in a time like this, it's really important to democratize understanding of how you get stuff done from the ground up, right? So what, so what are some good ways people can do this? Well, the first advice I always give is my Ben Franklin advice, which is join a club, start a club. Ben Franklin is the iconic American because he was an addicted, habitual, relentless serial club maker, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, couldn't help himself, right? Uh, um, stamp collecting clubs, formed the first post office, formed the first public library, formed fire the first department. fire department, right? Yeah. Um, philosophical clubs, discussion groups, what have you, right? Now, my advice to you today is start a club or join a club, and it doesn't even have to be a political club. It can be about your neighborhood it can be about sports. It can be a, a book club, right? But the act of inviting several other people into a common endeavor, planning for that common endeavor, and then trying to come to a common outcome, that's all good we muscle building, as we were talking about earlier, right? That gets you out of the me mindset. Um, and that work of club making and club building um, is the building block of civic life, I think. Eric Liu, author of You're More Powerful Than You Think, Thanks for joining us. It's been great to be with you guys. Thank you for having me. You know, at the end of these shows, every time I'm like, but wait, what, Richard? There's so many <laughs> more things that. I want to talk about. <laughs> no, really, uh, Eric, a wonderful great. book. And, and Thank you. I, I, I mentioned this before we started, but um, but I, I have to really salute an author who includes in his reading list at the back of the book both the left-wing radical agitator Saul Alinsky and the right-wing free market visionary F.A. Hayek. <laughs> well, you know, they both had the same point of view on one level. Uh, which is that when you get out of the way of bottom-up self-organizing power, interesting things happen, and that when you try to stifle that, terrible things happen. What I liked about our conversation with Eric Liu is – the essential optimism of it, and at a time when so many people are so pessimistic and assume that institutions can't work, he's actually going the other direction and saying, we have a lot more influence over these big institutions than we think, and we can use it for good ends. He says it's time to develop the we muscle rather than the me muscle, and the whole focus of this interview is not on them, it's on us. It's Instead of it being about complaining... He's talking about us. He's saying we are the problem and we are the solution. One of the examples that that we talked about that's really relevant post-hurricane was the tomato pickers in Florida, the migrant farm workers. Yeah, this is in Immokalee, Florida, which was horribly flooded by uh, Hurricane Irma. But these tomato pickers were able to organize, even though 
their seeming power in institutions was so minimal, they were able to organize and really change their conditions. And I I found that to be a really inspiring story at a time when a lot of the narratives we hear is this group is oppressed or or neglected, that group is, is oppressed. But in fact, even the most disadvantaged people can sometimes harness these institutions for their benefit. Yeah, there's nobody more marginalized than migrant tomato pickers. But instead of just complaining, they organized, went to buyers, including grocery chains, got them to sign up to a code of conduct uh, to improve not only their working conditions, but the working conditions of other migrants across the and country. And now this is, a, this is a very widespread program that's had a real impact. And what I love is that this was not something that had to be enacted through legislation. They actually found they had a lot more influence on these fast food restaurants and big grocery chains than anyone would have thought. One of Eric's most powerful suggestions is join a club. He quotes Ben Franklin. Yeah, and this is something that a number of uh, social scientists have noted, including uh, the very controversial Charles Murray, that we've backed away as a society from belonging to the local Rotary Club or the, um, the Boy Scouts, the local church. Some of the alienation that we're seeing from people is maybe a result of not feeling included in a community. And so then what happens is people online organize around like-minded people politically. Yeah, Jim, of course, you quote a conservative, Charles Murray. I'm going to quote a liberal, uh, Robert Putman, bowling alone, uh, who makes very similar points. So this is not just something coming out of one side of the aisle, this concern about the lack of people getting together and, you know, Put down your phone. Join other people. I I think it's so easy today with huge widescreen TVs at home and instant entertainment on our phones to be on our own complaining or yelling through social media or Twitter rather than physically getting together in one place with other people who may share concerns. But now I want to push back on one aspect. You you always (laughs) do. That's my role here. (laughs) I also want to note that power isn't always a good thing. You know, I, I think Eric comes to this, if a group speaks up, makes itself heard, changes the conversation, that's all for the good. But some of the changes that people might advocate aren't always ones that the rest of us always agree with. Certainly when the Tea Party came along, yeah, we, you know, a lot of... Yeah, and then also much more disturbingly in Charlottesville yeah. with, with racists marching in the streets and organizing through social media. Right, right. Um, and we met, we talked a little bit about Occupy Wall Street as kind of a mirror image of the Tea Party, and he mentioned that you know, one of the upshots of that has been this move for the $15 minimum wage. Well, this is very popular among a lot of people and they mean well, but there's a lot of research coming out that it really hurts the least educated and lowest income. Ironically, (laughs) you know, you're trying to help low income workers, but it actually boosts unemployment for those people. Yeah, but I, I, I agree, but I'd much rather see there be a conversation about this rather than just simply, you know, us accepting our fate. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's healthy. It's right that, that people should say, wait a minute, there are far, there's there's too much wage inequality in the country. We need to do something about it, even if the response is not a response that you would agree well, with. What if it hurts people? I mean, this is my point. Jim, his idea is not that it's imposed on everybody, that we just are more politically involved. And if, if a bad idea comes up, um, we can we can change this. Okay, but my point is, 
and this is kind of a core libertarian idea, that in the best world, we actually limit the range of areas in our lives where the in which the will of the many can be imposed on the few. So, you know, it's so saying that more power is always better remember that individual freedom is really important and that something can seem like a great idea and turn out to be not such a great idea in the end but but also let's not celebrate power when it means the restriction of the freedom of somebody else you know through excessive regulation or or you know, and I would include something like like the minimum wage law, which sounds like a no brainer. It sounds so great, uh, unless you're that high school dropout who, all of a sudden, the jobs that you could have gotten before have have evaporated. Sounds like a show for the future, the limits of democracy and, and what is good social action as opposed to bad or whether we should have uh, more representative democracy as opposed to uh, democracy by petition. I just want to end on Actually, a positive yeah, note, though, Jim. Yeah, sure. I mean, to me, it's not a question of how much democracy; it's how much government. You know, I, well, I, I, it's a, it's I think a, it could be. I think it could be how much democracy, and that's where we differ. And and let's do a future show on it. Anyway, I want to end on a, on a sign of hope, and that is that perhaps all of this partisanship and anger is actually causing people to be more involved in politics. There's a new Pew Research study out which says that 52% of Americans say they're paying more attention to politics. Only 13% are paying less. So if that's actually correct, and I'm not sure it is, that, that's hopeful. It's how do we fix it. I'm Jim Meggs. I'm Richard Davies. And thanks for joining us. Our producers, Miranda Schaefer, music by Lou Stravinsky, and we are a production of Davies Content. We make digital audio for companies and nonprofits. If you like how this show sounds, maybe we can make you another show. Go to DaviesContent.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.